an episode of Meet the Author, who happens to be a mystery to me, and we'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. This episode is brought to you by Fundwise Capital. Fundwise Capital is a business lender matching platform. Avoid the mystery of one-sided deals. Connect with Fundwise to get the very best funding you can qualify for fast. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. It's easy. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You did hear me correctly. I did say start or grow your business. If you don't have a business yet, but you got a solid business plan, they can help you get funding. Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. Unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups like I already mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Get money for your business now. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog Magnificent Show? Oh, no. Definitely not. Welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. Uh, voice is still a little shot uh, from. I can't believe this. It's been it's been several days now since the podathon ended. Forty straight hours of podcasting, uh, but the voice is still not yet fully recovered. Uh, but I'm kind of uh, getting used to the gravelly, low sound. Uh, if you're not aware, uh, this is our first Meet the Author segment in quite a while. And today we're going to be talking to an author I know very little about. I know she's written a, a book uh, that is, I would call it an erotic mystery. Maybe that that's a, I don't know if that's a, an official genre. There's erotic thrillers, uh, but this is sort of an erotic mystery. Anyway, uh Anastasia McIntosh is the name. I believe she's from uh, Ontario, Canada. But we're going to find out more about her when we meet the author right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in Anastasia McIntosh to the Mind Dog TV podcast. Anastasia, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure to have you. Now, uh, you are a, a woman of mystery, a young woman of mystery. Uh, is that by intention or not? Because it's really hard to find out anything about you doing research on the on the web. Congratulations if it's by intent, because a lot of people would love that. Uh, tell me about that. Uh, so my primary job is a correctional officer. So uh, for people in America, I'm a guard that works in a prison. Um, so because of clientele that I have, I generally try and keep my uh, things offline. Gotcha. Uh, so why, uh, um, and I'm just trying to get an idea for, for, for the wise now, uh, 
why not publish under a pen name and have because I do have plenty of I've talked to plenty of authors who have a private life that they want to keep private or have to keep private for various reasons, including ones like yours. Uh, but they publish under a pen name. Did that was that not an option? Uh, well, Anastasia is my pen name. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it helps everything stay private uh, just because of the career I'm in. I gotcha. Now, I have a link to the book. We're going to be talking about the book. The book is called uh, Chase the Girl. Now, what I described it as, and where, where was my book? Come on. I think I'm having a rough day, technically. Uh, Chase the Girl. What I described it as a erotic mystery. Now, I'm not even sure that that's a real genre. Uh, what, <laughs> describe it for, for the folks. Um, okay, so my book is called Chase the Girl. Um, while it's been compared to Gone Girl or Mr. and Mrs. Smith, it's actually about a smart, wealthy, yet troubled young woman who finds a knife embedded in her stomach. And because she doesn't know why it's there, she goes on a journey of self-discovery um, to find out why it's there. And she uses things like sex therapy, deep passion, and a desire to succeed to figure this all out. Gotcha. Now, uh, as far as genre was, because this is important for uh, at least not to the public, but to publishing companies and for marketers and for people who want to position the book uh, to put it in a box as a genre, which is what I came up with uh, erotic mystery. And again, I don't even know if that's official. I know erotic thriller <laughs> is. What, where does this fit in as far as genres? Do, do I, am I close there with that erotic mystery? Yeah, I would say it's like a romance thriller. Romance thriller. Okay, oh. <laughs> cool. Now, uh, as far as um, uh, who is the book for? Would you say it's a predominantly written for women, for a female audience, or or not? Um, I would say that women probably lean more towards uh, a romantic type of book, um, but really, it's it's for everyone um, that's at least eighteen plus uh, because it's got some sex scenes in it but that's not the whole book right so like trying to compare it i would say kind of like gone girl or mr and mrs smith where it's probably not appropriate for younger people but most people can watch it if it were to be a movie or read it um if reading was their kind of thing they like to do gotcha now the book must be getting uh some traction because uh, as I mentioned, it's, if I if I did some research on you, uh, I don't get any information on you. But there are literally hundreds of pages of results for the book in every language. So uh, I know it came out uh, almost a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. Uh, must yeah, be doing very well, right? Yeah. Uh, so have you gotten? Uh, have you done many of these type of interviews? And if so, have you done done them with uh, foreign foreign? Uh, I know you're in Canada, so I basically I'm foreigner. But I mean, like European and, and Australia and all, all over the world. Have you done interviews uh, basically globally? Um, so far, a lot of my interviews have been um, either over email or over the phone. I'm assuming that's mostly because of uh, COVID. Uh, this is my first live interview. Oh, very cool. Well, mm -hmm. we're, we're happy to... Uh, Never mind. I was going to say something <laughs> crude. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I, I'm still stuck in, uh, because I did a 40 hour partisan with a lot of comedians. I'm still stuck in uh, comedy, uh, comedy zone a little bit and uh, mm, have to have to stop myself to get back into the serious uh, mm-hmm. side. So tell us a little bit about um, your your what your path to authorship was. Was this something that you um, was it part of something you always knew you were, were going to do, write a book someday, or did this come to you um, later as you started to become an adult? So I never thought I would write a book. In fact, English was my worst subject in like high school. Um, my brain is more math and science oriented, but uh, for some reason, when I was 26 years old, I just had these thoughts coming in um, after I had met a businessman who basically said that, you know, writing a book could be a good thing for you. And he was a very smart man. Um, so I decided to take his guidance and mentorship. And I wrote this whole book in one summer. And um, it took me a long time to edit, but the thoughts just kept coming in. So I decided to write it, even though English was not my strong subject. That's a, a very interesting story, and I'm sure uh, a lot of authors are scratching their heads right now because um, it usually doesn't start that way. It usually starts with like writing essays and, and doing that uh, your whole life, and then at some point you get to the point where um, you've, you've developed the skills in writing enough. So basically so you met a guy who was a businessman who uh, said you should write a book and what prompted what made you go down this path because writing a book can be a lot of things you could write a non-fiction book about your your life in criminal justice or uh, you could write uh, about uh, some of the things that you are interested in, in avocationally uh, hobbies and stuff like that but to pick up a novel a novel as your first um endeavor and the kind of novel we're talking about uh why (laughs) (laughs) uh like i said when i was outside um in the summer uh with my laptop and i just had all these thoughts coming in after i had learned some positive things from this person you know mentorship and inspiration right he's a very smart person and i just thought well if he's telling me to do this then He's probably right. Um, and so I just followed that thought and here I am sitting with the book. Wow. And as far as uh, did you, you didn't take any courses on creative writing or character development and any of this kind of stuff? No, I have no experience. Now, uh, first of all, if the book is doing as well as I think it might be doing because of all the, the results, you're going to have a lot of authors who just hate your guts with gen- jealousy and envy because the, people work for years to de- hone their craft and, de- and develop, especially when it comes to character development and all that stuff. And just to come out uh, as, uh, out of the box and say, okay, I'm a, I'm a novel writer and be able to develop characters um, – I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of authors are, you don't care about that. that, that they <laughs> envy and jealousy. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Are you planning to uh, continue down this path of authorship, or was it just something you needed to do to get uh, get it done and then move on to other things in your life? So I am currently writing a second, like a secondary novel to this one. It's hopefully going to be a series. 
Um, so I'm working on that one. And then I've also attempted at writing a self-help book. So I'm kind of working on two right now. Wow, very cool. So uh, fair to say the the author bug has bitten you and you're basically, uh, you're stuck for life now because most, <laughs> most people are. Uh, once they start writing books, it becomes an addictive process. Um, what about the business side of it? Are you, are you uh, because most people, creative people who, who start to whatever, any, the business kind of, um, business end of creativity is not fun and it kind of kills the spirit of a lot of creators. Uh, are you struggling with that or are you okay with that? So far, so good. Not struggling. I'm just going with the flow. Are you doing it all yourself? I mean, as far because you said before I had some trouble editing it, it sounds like you edited your own book. Is that, is that the case? So I edited my own book at first. I probably read it a hundred million times editing it over and over and over again and then after i felt like it was perfectly edited having a really bad background in english i actually hired someone to edit it um and then they kind of fixed up certain things cool and uh what about all the cover designs and stuff like that did uh were you involved in that or that um was something that you outsourced tell me about that so my publisher designed the cover based on what I described that I wanted. Okay. Uh, and, and so, uh, who, uh, who's the actual publishing house or is it self-published? It's uh, Pegasus publishers. Okay. So they helped with the back of the book side, the front of the book. Um, and they edited inside. Gotcha. Now, with the idea of this um, anonymity and keeping your, your life private, and I, I, I respect that, but it, it makes it hard in some cases uh, to sell a book now. And the other part of this, if it becomes too big a success, uh, people who know you are going to know, well, that's you, right? And so uh, it's kind of a tricky thing, isn't it? I mean, the, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm a assuming people who know you, your friends and, and relatives and people in your life already know this, this is part of your life, but the more successful you become, the more out there and exposed you become. Tell me about, are you, are you worried about that? Is that a concern? I'm not worried about that. No. Um, whatever gets out, gets out. I don't have anything to hide. So no, I get it. I'm not really worried. Yeah, I get it, but it's it, it's just um, again when you when you're doing something like this, it's a very public thing, and it's really difficult to remain a private person. Once you put yourself out there as a creator, especially, uh, and you, your job is really to gain an audience. The and and so that that's a a good part of the question. How do you measure success by this? Is it by how many people read the book, how many people buy the book? Uh, what what is your measure of success? Um, I have three measures of success. Uh, one, I'd like to entertain readers. So if they're not entertained, then I might not feel successful um, because everybody needs a reality break. They need an escape um, to go into someone else's world. So that would be one reasoning behind that. Mm -hmm. uh, are, are you part of uh, author communities now? Or are you... Are you um... 
like joining author groups, uh, communicating with other authors, whether it's online or in person, however, however you, uh, the mod modality takes it. But are you becoming more part of uh, the author community? I haven't yet, no. <laughs> you are uh, you are one of the uh, most <laughs> unique authors I've ever interviewed, and I, I'm coming up on 400 author interviews now. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, a, a very... Um, my, it's baffling in a lot of ways because so many of them, I mean, they want the publicity. They, and again, well, some of them who, who want to keep their lives separate do adopt pen names and, and create websites and, and, and marketing uh, funnels based uh, on that pen name to keep themselves private. Uh, but I, I've never seen anybody <laughs> who, who goes full dog into the, the uh, privacy part while still promoting <laughs> something. It's a, it's a very strange thing. You do realize that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I should probably in the future make a website and uh, get myself out there that way. Which yeah. It's in the future. It's coming. Well, Okay. Well, mm -hmm. no, and I, I'm not telling you what to do. It's just, it makes it, it in some ways it brings up the interest. And uh, as I mentioned, right in the, it's the mystery of the author is almost as intriguing as the mystery of the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how deep a read is it? Is it a full, like a uh, 50, 70,000 word novel or is it a short uh, no novelette? No, no vena, as they say. It's 327 pages and it's uh, over 50,000 words. Wow. So it's a pretty thick no book. It's got 18 chapters. Okay. Uh, and uh, how long did it take you? Well, I mean, not necessarily in the writing, but the formation from, from the, I, the moment you got it in your head that you were going to write a book to the moment it got published. Was it years? Was it, were, were we talking about a year or several years? What are we talking about? So it took me one summer to write, um, but I didn't really think about publishing it for a good decade. Wow. So um, I guess 2021, yeah, so it was about 10 years. Why? That's a good question. I mean, you sat with a, a manuscript and did, were you uh, su uh, submitting it to publishing houses and uh, getting rejection letters or you just uh, didn't just put it on the shelf and did nothing with it? I did nothing with it. Um, and then the first publisher I went to, which was Pegasus, they accepted it and we just went on from there. Um, I think when I was 26, when I first wrote the book, I think I had other plans in mind like I needed a career um, I needed just a life really uh, so I had a lot of focus on that and then when I felt kind of secure in my world that's when I decided to publish it interesting uh, and uh, so basically uh, and without giving too much away um, mystery uh, uh, romantic thriller uh, or uh, that most romance novels, and and I, I don't even, again, I tried to do this without giving away the ending of the book, but most, when I, my reluctance to getting involved in the romance genre is romance has to have a happy ending. Uh, were you confined by that? Because uh, genres do define basically some rules about how you have to approach it. Did you, uh, did, were you cognizant of that going into that? Or you didn't care, you just were going to write uh, for you, for you, for your satisfaction and your 
uh, wherever it ended, it ended. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote this book having no, you know, proper writing background. Um, right. So I wrote the book the way I wanted to. I ended it the way I wanted to, and I never looked back. Boy, you know what? That is for creative people. They struggle. That's what they want, but they get trapped into this idea of um, having to write for an audience or write for um, a genre or whatever they get locked into. That that's a very freeing creative uh, thing to to have, and not and most creators struggle to get to a point where they can do that and and so god bless you that's a, that's a really uh that's a comfortable thing so now that you've had success w- with this book and is, is your publisher trying to say well you have to stick to a genre now because the business does almost dictate it and uh, we can say that with filmmaking we can say that with music we can say that with art we can say that with authorship once the business side takes part of it they want to put you in a box so that people always know what to expect from your brand, your name. Uh, are you feeling pressure to write now because you wrote the first book for yourself? Are you feeling pressure to write for your audience? Um, I think that there's no pressure in a sense that if they like this book, then I'm on the right track and I can just freely create the second one um, based on how the first one does. Yeah, uh, but but again, the the publisher, and I'm surprised that if you're not if you're not experiencing this already, that they they will want to put you in a box and describe you like it's you become a product, like a McDonald's cheeseburger. They want it to be the same every time. They want people to know ex- ex- exactly what to expect when they before they or even open up the cover of the book. They'll know this author does this and it does it. Tom Clancy. You know what his books are about. J.K. Yeah. Rowling, you know what to expect from her books. <laughs> Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, and and they the business does that for a reason because the audiences are can be fickle. The minute you, you write a book that is in any way taking a risk or a, a big departure from what you've written before, uh, half of your audience will probably uh, turn their back on you at some point. But uh, you're, not, you're not feeling any of that? No. I just, I feel like I'm just going to continue this book into the next one. Um, and hopefully readers are entertained and should it become a movie, hopefully movie goers are entertained, um, and can escape their reality. Wow. Very cool. Um, now I talked to, and, and again, this is one of the most, um, challenging, uh, interviews for me with an author Mm -hmm. because, uh, because you weren't in the authorship um, quest for, for your whole life, most authors put a lot of thought into things like what I'm going to talk to you about now, and, and I'm going to ask you about process. Process can mean a lot of things, like how uh, how ideas come to you, how you work them out, character development a lot. And they, there's two kinds of plotters and pantsers. I don't know if you're even familiar with these terms yet, uh, but plotters are pe- people who do lots of research, take lots of notes, post it all over the place while they're working. Oh, yeah, this and this, and have little pieces of information. And pantsers are people who just sit down and just start typing away or or, or dictating away whatever their process is. 
on that. Uh, would you do you have uh, do you fall in between that or are you, are you a pantser? Uh, it sounds like you're probably a, a pantser, somebody who writes yeah. by the seats of the pants. Uh, tell me about your process. Uh, I would say it's pantser because uh, usually, well, at least for this book, the thoughts just came into my head. So I just wrote them down. Um, I didn't really have any notes anywhere. It was just kind of all in my brain. Wow. That's a, uh, and so you, you start with a blank page or, or what is the, are you a dictator or are you a type, uh, you use, you know, computer and, and word processor? What, what is your physical process of doing this? So it was the summer when I wrote this book. So I basically sat in the backyard, kind of reclined in my bathing suit, sipping away at some water under my umbrella. And I just kind of typed and I just did that for a whole summer, and I, it just came together. Wow. Uh, sol solitary process, uh, I mean, and I'm not prying too, uh, I'm, I'm making an effort not to pry too much, but because uh, I, I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know what it takes to, to write 50, 60,000 words. Um, it's it's When you say all summer, I, I'm thinking night and day. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> sound like that's a short period of time to write 50 or 60,000 words. So I'm thinking you, you, it's a alone time. Generally when writing you, it seems like a, a long solitary summer. Do I have it right? Uh, I'm a pretty fast typer and typer. my thoughts are pretty fast. So, uh, although I am an introvert and I, I do like to spend a lot of time alone. Um, I still went to the beach often with people, um, I still went out to dinners, but a large portion of most days were spent typing. Yeah. All right. Now, now, uh, this is a, this is a remarkable story. I, and I'm not, it's, it's surprising to me that you, you're not really aware of how remarkable your story is because, uh, talking to as many authors as I have, um, I think you're the only one who who has anything similar to this story. So I'm just curious here. Did you have the whole story put together when you started or did did the story evolve as you were typing? So basically you 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 have this idea of the characters and the, the setting and just start typing and let it happen, let it reveal itself to you or did you know from beginning to end before you started? I didn't necessarily know from beginning to end. Um, I kind of just would write and whatever thoughts would come to me, I would write down. Sometimes a thought would come like when I was driving. So then I had to quickly find a pen and write it on my hand. Um, sometimes I'd be in the middle of a conversation and thoughts would come in and I would have to somehow remember them. So the whole process was probably a 24 seven process um, in terms of that. Yeah. Interesting, man. It really, it really is mind blowing to this whole this whole conversation, <laughs> because because it's just it's different than any other author. Most authors start out at least with some inkling when they're very young. I mean, children that they're going to be an author in somewhere in the back of their head uh, at some point, and then pursue and learn the craft, and then have an idea about how they're going to approach it. Uh, and you you just said uh, somebody told me to write a book i want to write a book <laughs> yeah uh, he provided me the the motivation and inspiration and um 
you know, taught me things like if you have the courage to pursue something and not fear failure, uh, you can accomplish anything. So I took yeah. kind of his guidance, his motivation, his inspiration, um, and his, you know, what he said about, I should be writing a book. I took all of that and I said one day, okay, I'm going to write a book. And then I sat outside cause I like to sit outside in the sun. It's where I feel most calm and just most grounded. And I just started typing away and then I eventually had a book. Um, there was a brief moment writing this book where I lost 50 pages somewhere. I still to this day don't know where they are. Um, so I had to rewrite 50 pages from memory, which was very hard. But again, I always thought about him and okay, if you want to be successful, you have to do these things that he taught me. And I just kept pushing on and pushing on, never giving up. And then I had a book. Wow. I've been there uh, and lost a lot of work and had to start from scratch. That's a really frustrating thing. But I'm imagining that when you say you lost, because you, this was, an, you write electronically, right? You're not writing in an old fashioned typewriter on paper, right? No. Right. No. So, so you lost a file on a computer somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. yeah okay. I have no idea. Okay, but yeah. still an extremely frustrating uh, process. Now, uh, I this I can I know you're a private person, but this question uh, begs uh, to drop the veil of privacy, at least somewhat, not giving details of your life, but uh, I ask this of every author, and I'm not going to let you slide by without asking it. Your main <laughs> character, her name is Alexa, right? Alexia, yeah. Alexia. Yes. Um, my contention, and I will get different, sometimes uh, passionate answers about this uh, question, is how much of uh, her, her is you? <laughs> how much of you um, are that? Maybe 25%. Uh, there are some truths in the book. However, it's a bit um, exaggerated. Of course. So... It's not me, but there are parts of me in the book and there's parts of other people in the book, but it's, it's mainly like fake. It's not. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's fiction, but, um, I, I raise that question because it, it, it's, it's something, a quote that is stuck in my mind for like 20 years or more, uh, when I first heard it and I don't even remember who it was. I know it was one of the Renaissance painters who said it, but basically he said that every, work of art that an artist uh, creates is in, uh, a reflection of them is a, a self-portrait in some ways and so and I I think about that every time I do anything in the creative arts is that uh, I'm, I'm subliminally aware that uh, I'm putting a lot of myself into this stuff is are you uh, is that an awareness you have as you're doing it or or not like as you're creating the book Certainly it's an awareness for sure. Um, but then there's other things that you add that maybe, you know, again, you're driving, you see something or something happens to you or you something happens to someone else or you think about something and they're just kind of a mishmash in the book of certain things are real, certain things aren't, certain things are totally made up or Hollywooded up, you know, exaggerated to make it, you know, I get it. Yeah. And and being a private person and I can I can relate to this is is um sometimes you you 
you recognize that you're giving too much of yourself away and need to change that or disguise that not to <laughs> not, not to expose yourself too much. Uh, did you find being a private person? Did you do, uh, find that uh, happening? Like, oh wait, that's that's getting too close to home. I better change that. That can't be her because that's me. <laughs> no, no. I like I said, whatever thoughts came in my head, I wrote down, and I just trusted that these were the correct thoughts to write, and I just kind of went with it. And yeah. Cool. Uh, so I have the link going across the bottom. It's for Amazon. Is that the best place to buy the book? Or uh, is, do you have some place elsewhere uh, that you prefer to get the book from? Um, there's definitely Amazon. Uh, I think Canadian, like Canada, US and UK Amazon. And then there's also Pegasus Publishers, which is, I mean, it would come directly from my publisher. So that's another good um, place to buy it as well. Right. Uh, and do you do anything like uh, uh, signed copies or any of that kind of stuff, uh, you know, uh, for for people that, you know, it's extra incentive, whatever, or, or a uh, memento or, or keepsake? Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of authors do that with, with signed copies. Do you do any of that? I would do that uh, for sure. I've had a few people, I've had three people ask me to sign it and I just haven't got to it yet. Okay. Uh, but I would totally, I would totally do that for sure. Right. What about audiobooks? Is it available on audiobooks yet, or? or uh, no? I don't think on audiobooks um, yet. No. Okay. So. That that's a big thing now because so many people, you know, reading. Uh, is, unfortunately, in our culture, uh, a lot of people don't, uh, whether for press for time or just lazy or whatever. I don't know what the reason, but a lot of people are, are opting now for audiobooks. And also, I guess one of the reasons is you can take it with you on a drive. And if you have mm -hmm. a long drive or a flight or something like that, it's a great, uh, great way to pass the time. But so audiobooks are definitely in vogue now. I'm just wondering if it happens, would you want to read it yourself or would you want somebody else to do the reading? I think I would want someone else to do the reading. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's interesting. And most authors do do that. I don't know if I, because I wouldn't trust somebody else to capture the, the voice that I want. <laughs> Putting it out there, you're doing this when you write a book anyway, you're letting the, the reader put it in their own voice right but when it's an audiobook and it's already you're you're predefining that voice i think i'd want um, maybe i'm too much of a control freak but i think i'd want i'd want some i want to be in control of that i'd want to dictate exactly the inflection every every line that used every you know uh yeah it's a difficult thing um well i i guess I guess we're we're about then. Then I, I mean, unless you have anything you want to add about it, uh, we'll put the link in the description. I hope people will check out the book. And um, I guess uh, thank you for your time. Do you have anything else you want you want to add before we say goodbye? I just think that people need to know that they are smart, they're successful, and if they have the courage to pursue something they want to, they should do so. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And that's the reason I started this podcast, if I may just take one more minute of your time, and, <laughs> and, and, and because I think that's a powerful message. Um, 
I met a man who was 69 years old and he was retiring uh, and he was selling me an amplifier and we were talking and he said, what are you doing? I said, I played in a band. He told me, uh, oh, uh, you're living the dream. And I laughed in his face because I, I had to explain to him what my life was really like. It's not a dream. It's not a dream. Sometimes it's more of a nightmare, but <laughs> I, it's the life I chose for myself and it's the life I want to I want to live and I'm happy doing it. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But I also, he stopped me and he said, listen, I'm 69. I'm retiring. I'm selling you my amplifier. I always wanted to play in a band. Selling you my amp is, is significant in saying it's symbolic of me saying I'm never going to do what I wanted to do with my life. So uh, I think that's a really important message. If people want to do it, they do something creative or do something Go out and do it. Don't be afraid to take chances and risks and and uh, have the confidence in yourself and your, your ability to do what you want to do and follow through on it because the worst place you want to end up, end your life is in a town called Regretsville where yeah. you're on, on laying on your bed saying, I wish I would have uh, in my life. And that's the saddest story I can imagine. So, Yeah, uh, I feel the exact same way about that. I, I don't want to be 90 years old and think, man, I should have tried that. I want right. to say, you know what, I tried that and failed or I tried that and succeeded, but I don't want any mystery when I'm 90 to be like, maybe it would have worked out. Also, so I, I tried that and it, it didn't work out exactly as I planned, but I learned a lot. There really is no failure when you look at it from that perspective. I tried it, it. I wasn't happy with it. It wasn't a huge success, but it wasn't a failure because I learned what I like and what I learned what I don't like. And I learned what I can do and be happy. And, and I learned lots of lessons from the effort. So if you yeah, want to do it, go out do it. I think that um, success is generally the next step after defeat. So if you can push past being defeated and say, you know what, maybe I just didn't take the correct path. It still could be a success. I'm just doing it wrong right now. And you, you kind of switch your trajectory. You will be successful. You will hit that. You just can't give up too early. Cool. Uh, does that, does that messaging come into play in your vocational life at all? Do you kind of uh, try to, <laughs> because you, you, I know you deal with people who are not oh, need to hear that message. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I do try to inspire them to be better people and um, get past being defeated. I think jail is just one way of saying, like, okay, you got defeated, but that's not the end of your life. You're gonna get out soon, and and you're gonna be successful. So oh. it's just a temporary defeat. Like that's what I see as defeat. It's just, it's all temporary at all some point temporary. it's going to end. And at some point, you know, there's always chapters in life, right? So if it ends, you just start anew. Right. And we learn far more from our mistakes than we do from, from the things we get right. So yes, uh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time here and I wish you continued success. And, um, but when your next book comes out, please do come back and we'll, we'll help you get that launched and let people know about it. Okay? Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming today and uh, be well until we meet again. Bye for now. Thank you. You too. Bye. Anastasia McIntosh, the book is called uh, Chase the Girl. It's available uh, at Amazon. The link's in the description. You can uh, also at Pegasus Publishers is direct from the publisher if you want to get there. Uh, I encourage you to check it out. Hope you enjoyed this program. Uh, my guest tonight had to reschedule, so I don't have a program tonight, which is probably good because you can hear the voices already going. I uh, will be back with you for the morning uh, show, Coffee with the Dog, 9 a.m. tomorrow. So join me then. I think you'll find that to be 
something a little bit different than you're used to from me. We it's not an interview program; it's more like a uh, interactive morning radio show, uh, and we're building up quite a community there. So uh, please check that out. Uh, until next time, I'm Matt Napple for the Mind Dog TV podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a great day, and bye for now.
me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.